Mr. Pop. Dark. When the little birds are nesting, and I listen to them too, there's two lonesome people in the whole wide world. That's me and the man in the moon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring Fantasy Flight Games' Arkham Horror, the card game. Uh, I'm Dan. I'm Ben. Uh, and today we're talking about our recent, uh, our recent little field trip to Minnesota for Arkham Knights 2022. So, very sadly, uh, Dane is not here. Dane and Harrison unfortunately couldn't make it this year. But instead, we have a couple of special guests who came with us to Minnesota. Um, do you guys want to briefly introduce yourselves? I'll go first, because ladies first, right? Mm. I'm uh, Kim. I uh, am the girlfriend in uh, Ben's references on all of the podcasts, because I do have a name. <laughs> Sorry, let me... What is, what is, is it again? I need to write it down. Kim with a Y. So Kim, Kim is here. Well, welcome to the podcast, Kim. Thanks for being here. Uh, and what about our other uh, returning guest who was on a few episodes ago? I'm Colin. Um, probably the like player who plays the most of the people who's not on the podcast. I got into Arkham. Um, they got me into it. I learned how to organize cards. And um, uh, my favorite investigator is probably Jim. Yeah, well, you're you're a famous Jim player. And you, uh, you were on an episode with us a few episodes ago to build a deck, I think, right? That was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. A Rex Murphy deck. Yeah. So the four of us, uh, the four of us went to went to Roseville, Minnesota, for the weekend, which was really fun. There, because there were four of us, we we did what we'd normally do, which is we, you know, we went to Arkham Knights, we had fun at the Games Center, we met a bunch of people, but we also played a whole campaign while we were there. So we played through um, an entire run of the Innsmouth Conspiracy, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, which. <laughs> Is also what we played last year, but last year we had Dane with us <laughs> instead of Colin and, and Kib, so it was kind of a, a Reeves visit, and it came out and played the campaign before, so, you know, it was fresh, and obviously we made her lead investigator to make all the decisions, so. Yeah, th- there was some debate about which campaign to play. Obviously, if FFG had wanted to, oh, I don't know, release Scarlet Keys, like, four weeks early, that probably would have been really good, but uh, we don't live in that universe. We live in the in the regular universe, so... <laughs> We we decided to play Innsmouth, and we did it with um, we played through using four of the new Scarlet Keys investigators. So that was sort of the like the new content that we were trying out. That was pretty good. But let's uh, we we just kind of want to recap our experiences uh, to you know anyone who didn't make it to Arkham Knights, give them a little a little taste of what that experience is like. Uh, and anyone who did go to Arkham Knights, uh, when we talk about stuff, you can be like, oh hey, I was there too. So it'll be it'll be fun for everybody. So we flew in on Friday. Arkham Knights kind of starts on a Friday afternoon, right? We all flew into the Minneapolis airport from our respective homes. I'm trying to think of what were like the first major things to happen. Oh, we had a we had a, a we had like a man down. We had a big uh, missing person kind of right from the very beginning, right? Who yeah. who who didn't make it on the plane from New Jersey? My favorite sweater. I left it in Philly. Uh, My favorite favorite sweater uh, was left in the Philadelphia airport, right there at our terminal, right at the gate. Very disappointing. That is very sad. Are you are you working on like finding a new sweater that has the same characteristics? Or are you... I found a new sweater that filled the gaps while I was traveling for work the following week. But 
when I've had it for so long, I know they don't make them anymore. I was very sad about it. That's too bad. Ben did a very good job and tried to get it for me when he went back to Philly without me, but it was sadly not found anywhere in the Philadelphia airport. Oof. I tried so docs it, lost and found, and they were said uh, it has not been turned in, which means somebody else found it and claimed it as their own and is probably treasuring it now. Well, I hope they love it because it's a great sweater. People are furiously bidding on it on secondhandsweaters.biz. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's it's obviously sad when a trip starts like that, but at least it's like, okay, the worst thing that happened in the trip happened right away, right? Nothing nothing worse can possibly happen. So Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> Uh, and let's see. So we, we picked up our rental car, which this time, uh, Kim had set this up and this time. So last year, uh, Ben and, and, and Dane and I had a shiny orange rental car and this year we had a shiny blue rental car. So that was a, that was an interesting change. Yeah. It's a big mix up, not a mix up, a flip, a flip on reverse from what we had last time. Exactly. Yeah. And then, so obviously we'd now been in Minnesota for about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and we hadn't had a Piata yet. So it was, it was really getting on, you know, Piata time. So, uh, in order to, in order to kind of, you know, make sure that Ben was satisfied, we drove to the mall of, uh, the mall of America, which is like right next to the airport to get Piatas. Ben, how would you, uh, how would you rate this, this year's Piata experience? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's Piata. So I always like Piata. Uh, I feel like this particular Piata was not quite as good as previous ones. It was kind of a lower tier Piata this time. And I'm not I'm not sure why, but it, it just just wasn't it wasn't quite there. So it was a little bit disappointing. But it, you know, not every Piata can be 100 percent perfect. I honestly had a similar experience because my plan was I figured okay we're probably going to Piatas twice. The first time I'll get like a, something healthy. I got like a Harvest Bowl. I figured we'll come back and I'll get like an actual Piata. And then we never went back. So that's that's how life yeah, goes sometimes. I mean that's usually a pretty safe bet. I'm not sure what happened. I don't know how we didn't go back. I think you kept proposing new pizza places to try out, which is like I think the big problem <laughs> was that there wasn't a Piata close to where we were staying, and we were all flying out or training out in the morning, so we couldn't mm. do the traditional like right before you get on the plane piata that we've done in previous years yeah. um colin and kim how did you what, what was your piata experience like this year was it pretty good mine was great i got the like chef recommended piata it was entirely vegetarian Ooh. and it was like Ooh. just the right amount of spicy did you did you give your compliments to the piata chef i, I really should have it was a missed opportunity you should have Mine was perfect. Nice. Uh, I love I love calamari, so I got calamari. They Ooh. almost put calamari on Ben's Piata. It was almost a whole that would have disaster. been like a DefCon two kind of a situation. I think. Seriously, he maybe he was really like, got, why aren't they folding it? It got pretty close, so maybe like a little bit of like particles <laughs> for the calamari got into my Piata. Maybe that's what maybe that's what made it lesser quality. I'm, I'm picturing just Ben like just like white knuckling, like grabbing the the counter or whatever, and that's, watching the calamari. I just get want you to understand. I want you to understand that's exactly what was happening. He said, why haven't they rolled up my Piata yet? And I said, I don't know. Maybe they're waiting for your chicken. And then it comes out and they said, calamari on both? And Ben's like, no! Ben, is there any food item that's available at Piatas that would be more distressing to you if it ended up in your Piata than calamari? Uh, there's some questionable looking vegetables they might like pick up. Okay, and put but on, but it's you know? but it's up there, right? It's like one of the yeah. DefCon two, like I said. Okay, mm-hmm. Kim, is that how you got like a ton of calamari on your piata? Nice, <laughs> I believe oh. so. Yeah, that's pretty great. High high risk, high reward. Um, 
That's right. So we and we we were trying to do this pretty fast because we were we were running like a little bit late. We wanted to get to the Airbnb and drop off our stuff and then make it over to the Games Center in time for the first event we were going to do. So we finished up at the Mall of America. We drove over to the Airbnb. Um, we were staying near. We once again did not ride the Rugrats roller coaster, which we try to do every year, but never have time. Every for year it. we 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 plan to do it, and then it just never really happens. So one one of these days, um, I, I think it'll still be there next year. But we made it to the Airbnb. We stayed in. There's so many different like colleges and universities around the Twin Cities area, and I never I can never keep them all straight. So we were staying in another sort of like college town kind of area, but it was a very different one from last year. We had this like nice Airbnb. Um, but when we got there, we made a, uh, I'm trying to remember one of the many Arkham cards that's called like surprising bad thing or whatever, like shocking discovery, captivating or, um, discovery. Yeah. Captivating discovery. Cause that was a well no, Cause the, captivating is like a good thing. Like mm. what's, what's Mandy's weakness, right? It's like uh, shocking revelation. Or yeah, something? exactly. We, Colin had a shocking revelation when we got to the Airbnb. <laughs> what, what was that Colin? It might just be with the one that you get clues and then you like take mental trauma but uh yeah i uh accidentally on purpose took the wrong box of cards instead of instead of my decks i had my seeker and uh guardian and like a uh, neutral cards but not the not the ones that were going to go into your decks yes yeah. no. the ones that were not were not for your decks so we had each built a deck ahead of time to play. We knew we were going to play Innsmouth with a four-player team. So we had each chosen our decks. We'd each built a deck. And then we also were each going to bring like one or two extra standalone decks in case we wanted to do something else, right? Um, we Like we weren't we, – none of us this time was bringing our entire collection because it's just gotten so big at this point. And unfortunately, Colin grabbed the wrong box. So Colin had a bunch of Arkham cards but not the ones that he had intended to bring as like an actual constructed deck. Uh-huh. Yeah, the 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 Rex deck that we designed did not get get texted out because of this, but um, we did. I did bring a, a copy of Jeremiah Kirby so that Ben could get it signed and have a copy. That is of true. It. You 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 did have a cop. You did have copies of Jeremiah Kirby. But anyway, so that was the only sort of bad news about checking into the Airbnb. But we kind of quickly dropped off our stuff and we headed over to the Game Center. And um, I think, tr- yeah, traditionally, so so the first event we were going to do was um, the new standalone scenario, Fortune or Fate. Even though it's it's pretty much just like a single group thing, it's not a massive multiplayer thing like the previous years. Um, there was still kind of a scheduled thing where everyone was going to play it in a big room. So we were trying to be part of that. But uh, of course, before that, we had to pick up our swag. So what was the um, Swagmaster Ben? What was the um, what was the swag hall like this year? Uh, we got a play mat that was pretty cool. I think it's the or- Orphic Theory art or something. It, something it, it was it was Orphic it was Orphic Theory. I'm gonna stop you right there and say I think this is probably the coolest play mat that has ever been given out in, in any event. <laughs> it was it was really really cool. It's a very good play mat. It was confusing because usually they pick the almost the worst art for every play mat they produce, but this this year was a pretty good set. I mean, we we've been very critical of their choices for the ones that they sold, like the first round mm. when the game came out. But honestly, the one that Arkham Knights last year was um was pretty good. It was like the final hour box art with like Tommy and Jenny or something. Right. That I thought that one was pretty good too. I mean, speaking of final hour, the swag bags also <laughs> included a copy of Final Hour. Uh, which I wasn't super happy about. Some people, some people haven't didn't have it or it before, and they they were like, "Oh, it's a good time to try it." Uh, ben was mad because Ben already owns Final Hour and didn't need <laughs> another copy of it. Uh, <laughs> I, I but, yeah. You know. Now we have three. <laughs> and <laughs> I want to be upfront about this. I'm not saying anything bad about the board game Final Hour, which is probably pretty cool. I haven't played it. 
But it was very funny that they basically increased the price of an Arkham Knights ticket by $25 and gave us each a free copy of Arkham Final Hour. Um, and that was something that we kind of joked about for the entire weekend. It was a, a mas- masterful uh, bamboozling by, F- by Game Center, who had three hundred extra copies of Final Hour they could not yeah, sell. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty it was pretty funny. Um, it was it was just uh, especially for those of us, you know, we're all flying in there with a suitcase. It's already pretty full. Already got some cards in there. Fitting like a whole ass board game in a suitcase is is pretty challenging usually. But uh, there also was an art print of. Forgot to write down the name. It has a bird on it. It's like a spooky, <laughs> spooky town uh, art print yep. of mm-hmm. a bird. Uh, also not shaped in any way that's convenient to transport, but that's fine. <laughs> and it was printed on like extra thick paper, so it was like bad to roll it up. So that was fun. Uh, but the art itself was cool. We I think we managed to get the. I got. Our, I think I have neat. our copies in an envelope somewhere because we gave them to Kim to like mail out afterward. Uh, so you know if you guys want <laughs> your copies, let me know. Otherwise, we'll maybe give them out in a uh, contest or something. But. Uh, and then the other thing was we did get five promo cards, which is like four well, more promo cards than we usually five, get. Five promo cards. So I guess you could say that extra $25 went into printing those those five promo cards. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that because the promo cards probably take like, or probably cost like five cents to print. But, you know. It was kind of weird because so in past years, like for the Invocation or for Gen Con or for Arkham Knights, the, the, they do a promo that's usually just like a full art of a sort of staple-ish uh, player card that everyone likes or copycat um so they'll just kind of like you know blow up the art so it's the entire card and it, it looks really cool we have like shortcuts and luckies from previous years that we treasure and that go for a lot of money on ebay they're very hard to get a hold of this year what they did was they basically picked five i think edge of the earth player cards and they printed them with sort of like a different card frame so they're not full arts they just sort of have like a, a different like i don't know graphic design frame template so they're definitely pretty cool like i don't want to i don't want to knock them too much they're interesting but i gotta say little little bummed out that we didn't get to see a sweet sweet uh full art card there yeah i mean the the cards they picked were were cool i think i think two of them were one or two of them was from scarlet keys like sin eater was one of them which is oh from yeah, yeah. Keys. yeah you're right you're right but um they're definitely neat promo cards are always fun one of them was also Sled Dog, so you know, impossible to actually get a, a full playset of of, <laughs> of the Sled Dogs if you if you wanted them. But yeah, whatever. I have to say, overall, I just because the playmat was so cool, I was pretty mm-hmm. happy with the swag this year. Like the the final hour thing was kind of funny and not really very useful to to us, but the playmat was so cool. I was I was pretty happy with it all, just based on that. Yeah, it was definitely a cool playmat, and then we also got like raffle tickets, and a couple of us won some extra stuff too, which is always fun. Yeah, yeah, that was good. But anyway, so we 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 ha- we had our swag. We sat down. And we started playing Fortune or Fate. It was very very loud because uh, pretty much everybody at Arkham Knights, I think, was there playing it. And it's you know it's the first night. Everyone's excited to be there. Everyone's just kind of you know full of energy and talking pretty loud. So it was kind of challenging to like just figure out what was going on. I would say, but I think we we had a pretty good time playing Fortune or Fate, right? Yeah, I mean the the scenario itself is like a sort of like a two part scenario, kind of like some of the edge of the earth scenarios are like broken up into two parts. So we played the, we were playing the first part there and it's like a, it's like a, a fun little heist. It's like an oceans, an oceans 11 style. Uh, you gotta make a plan, uh, and do a heist. So like the first part is like scouting out the, uh, the, uh, target and figuring out like the best, best things we need to do to execute the plan. It's kind of, it has a lot of, um, it's a lot of gambling you can do because it's at a casino, so it's got a little bit of the uh, House Always Wins vibes going on. 
the a, lo- a lot of the encounter cards have little playing card symbols in the mm. upper corner and you there's like a separate function you know you can use the cards as sort of like gambling cards yeah yeah the big gimmick is like every or not i mean not saying gimmick is in a negative way but the mechanic right. is the all of the encounter cards are also playing cards uh effectively and like when you gamble it's like discard 3 or discard 5 cards and then you know that's your hand basically for for uh whatever gambling you're doing, whatever card game you're playing. And there's ways to, like, manipulate the odds a little bit uh, to, to increase your chance. Although some of them, I think, were just pure games of chance. Uh, uh, there's, like, there's like Blackjack, or a variant of Blackjack, uh, and there's, like, Poker and, and a couple other games, so it's kind of fun. Uh, interesting question. We didn't play Gloria for this. How would she do at this gambling mechanic? Oh, interesting. I feel like Gloria might be very good at gambling. <laughs> I didn't read the, like, there's a preview article that comes up. It's like, oh, this is the scenario. But I didn't look at it at all. But I got hints from just people chatting like Discord that there was some type of gambling mechanic in Gloria or like Jacqueline or something might might do some nonsense. Um, so I, I got to say, I resisted playing Gloria. Old ladies do have a very strong innate gambling power. My my grandmother used to play <laughs> Kino a lot. You know, they just, they're very, they're very talented at it. Yeah. <laughs> No, but but it was it was pretty fun. I think the main thing that surprised us about it, or at least that surprised me, was uh, it's it's a very long scenario. Like it has two mm. parts, right? Sort of like the Edge of the Earth uh, scenarios, where you sort of like it, it still counts as right. one scenario, but you you set it up, you do two totally different setups, right? Yeah, like and you can you can optionally skip the first part, but it makes the second part harder. Yeah, because you don't get to do some like setup stuff. But it, it's kind of neat, and they like typically when they do these standalone scenarios. They do like pull mechanics from like the nearby main campaigns, mm-hmm. and this has some Edge of the Earth mechanics, and it also had a Scarlet Keys mechanic, which because we were playing in standalone mode, you mostly ignored. But there's like a an item that you can get as a reward for completing it that like ties into the Scarlet Keys campaign, uh, which is maybe something they're doing with like a bunch of the standalone scenarios for Scarlet Keys, like pulling in the standalone so you have a reason to do them as part of the actual campaign, and you get like a reward that's relevant to Scarlet Keys. So I looked no further into that. I didn't even read the text <laughs> on the on the card that you could get. Uh so I don't know what it does, but uh it seemed neat. <laughs> yeah. They incorporated it that way. I think we uh we, we might have more to say about it at some point in the future, but yeah, I mean I, I, I thought mm. it was pretty fun. It was good. Yeah. Um and then we and we were playing uh who were we playing for that? Vincent and Amina, uh Zoe and Harvey. I had brought like all the starter decks, so uh, Colin had got us got to pick one of those to, to play because uh, he didn't have time to proxy a deck. Yeah, and, and, then... and Vincent and Amina were the two that we weren't playing for our mm-hmm. uh, Innsmouth run, so they were the other two new investigators. So we got to try them out at least a little bit. As Harvey, uh, Vincent was a literal lifesaver. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was a good counterbalance to the constant like three damage Harvey took like every three rounds or whatever, right? <laughs> so it was a journey, that's for sure. It's like this yeah. this old man is so close to death he needs a private physician attending him at all times. <laughs> and it worked. He stayed alive. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, sure I, I was playing Amina. I definitely was not uh playing her correctly in the first scenario because I didn't read a card correctly, but I figured it out in the second the second part of the scenario. But yeah, we only did the first part uh, initially at on Friday night, right? Or at least at the games in yeah we, we did the first part because we'd gotten there a little late and we had taken some time to set up uh we only did the first part before the game center was pretty close to uh closing down 
and we were getting hungry. So we left to go get some food. Um, and we, uh, figured we would, we would come, we figured we would finish it later. I, I also want to say, so I was playing Zoe and, uh, this had a whole, there was a whole mechanic of like, sort of similar to house always wins or some of the other scenarios like excelsior hotel you there's a lot of enemy cards that you're not really supposed to fight because it it adds like suspicion kind of to you because you're just fighting Mm. the people that work in the casino uh but there's some ways around that and so zoe was very stealthily hitting things with the magical hammer for uh for most (laughs) of the, the scenario which was kind of fun um and yeah, while we were playing that, we uh, let's see, we we got to talk to Jeremy a little bit, which was fun. We had him sign our Jeremiah Kirby cards. Um, it was fun to hang out with Jeremy. We uh, oh, we should mention. So we brought our new uh, our new promo card that we were handing out at the event, right? We had uh, what, what was the what was the promo card that we brought? Uh, yeah, we had Relic Hunter um, mm. to complement our the charisma we did like three years ago. We had it was done by uh, a new artist. And we also had, uh, who I'm going to butcher pronouncing his name. Um, Dan, what's, what's the artist's name? Ken. Ken. Yeah, it's Ken. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but, uh, <laughs> Ken from Colorado. Ken from Colorado. <laughs> it came out really great. The art has a whole bunch of different accessory slot, uh, items on it that you might recognize. So you can play mm-hmm. sort of a fun, you know, find the hidden items game with it. But, uh, yeah, pe- people seem to really like it. We got a lot of, uh, you know, good compliments on it. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll we've distributed them amongst cast members to hand out at at future stuff that we do. Yeah, well, we're gonna have some kind of a giveaway thing through the podcast mm-hmm. at some point too. So, um, but anyway, so I think so. We left uh, after finishing that first scenario and handing out some relic hunters. We headed out to get some food and uh, alcohol. Um, and we went to a place that I have been wanting to go in the Twin Cities area for a while. I kind of had this on the on the, the bingo card for last year, but we didn't make it. Uh, it was called Psycho Susie's Motor Lounge. Um, Kim, as I think the as I think the other person that enjoyed this place about as much as I did, do, do you want to describe for the listeners what uh, what our experience at Psycho Susie's Motor Lounge was like? Do you mean? mary's christmas bar does it does the name officially right? change isn't that, christmas palace isn't that what it is oh, oh mary's christmas palace <laughs> um i'm I, I can i can consult my my notes here right but it was mary's christmas something that's for sure oh yeah and it was phenomenal dan and i loved everything about I it i loved it too. Um, it was great the dr- Colin, okay yeah, good I'm see i'm glad i'm glad colin was on board with us i also appreciated it it was a fun time I just I don't know if we painted out a good enough word picture here. Imagine the most tinsel <laughs> you've ever seen in your life, and then quadruple it. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so basically, basically, Psycho Susie's for like four months out of the year, starting in October and ending in January, turns into Mary's Christmas Palace, and where they cover every wall with tinsel. And we were only in one side of the bar. So if you look on the Instagram, I showed some pictures, yeah. but the uh, we didn't even travel to the other side where I poked my eyes in, oh, yeah. and it was just as bad, if not worse. Oh, no. <laughs> just as good, if not better. The first timer side of the bar or something? Just as festive, if not merrier. <laughs> uh, we we, we, yeah. we should have gone back, honestly. It was so good. But yeah, every item on the menu was Christmas-themed. Every if you just pointed your eyes in literally any direction than 360 degrees, you would hit some type of chintzy Christmas decoration. And and I want to just uh, just make sure people understand the other eight months of the year. This is a tiki bar, already an extremely fun place to hang out, already very cool. But for the for the uh, the very extended Christmas season, 
they they just make the whole thing like as as christmas themed as it normally would be tiki themed but you can still see the like bamboo stuff underneath which just makes it even more fun yeah dan still got a mai tai but it's i'm dreaming it was i'm dreaming of a mai tai christmas exactly and it had like a mai tai. it had like nutmeg or cinnamon in it it had a little bit christmasy ingredients in it we we had like fondue we had like christmas themed pizzas which honestly were kind of like you know okay but it was the whole package was just uh was it was a great experience yeah the food there wasn't great but the drinks were great oh yeah <laughs> there was like a drink in a christmas ornament or something yeah we also yes. yeah, yeah i don't want to speak for anybody else i probably drank too much uh we we, we kind of we kind of uh, yeah we went a little <laughs> we went a little nuts there but uh it was it was a good time it was great i enjoyed every moment of it very fun definitely kind of a highlight of the trip i think uh if you're in if you're in the twin cities area from october through late january uh and you're looking to have a good time uh check it out it's pretty good now we know whenever we're at arkham night it's christmas time exactly yeah <laughs> christmas comes every year yeah i mean i don't i imagine it is just as much fun when it's not christmas mode uh i don't know if we'll ever see it in that fashion because we only go to minnesota in <laughs> october but you know yeah <laughs> it's probably worth checking out the whole during the whole year once we once we escaped from psycho Susie's, we went back to the airbnb and we realized we still had to pull off a heist that is true yeah we were we were uh maybe a little bit you know a little a little bit tipsy but we still had to finish uh, our gambling crime adventure so we played the second half of Fortune or Fate, and uh, because we were in the Airbnb instead of in the very loud game center, we could actually hear each other, and we could actually sort of see what was going on, so that was cool. And uh, yeah, it was fun. Pull out your Cyclopean hammer that you stashed ahead of time for the heist. That is true. I, I hid it under the floorboards so that later when the shit started to go down, I could, I could just start hammering everybody, and I did, and it was fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we didn't quite finish it that night because uh, we, we were getting pretty tired. Um, so we put pause on the heist, which luckily we had. We did a flashback and we had planned that the whole time. So oh, all, yeah. part of, yeah. all part of the heist. But yeah, I mean, uh, we did finish up the next morning. Although you have notes here that you did something first. Uh, yeah, I for some reason I volunteered to wake up early and we needed we wanted like snacks and uh, some kind of breakfast. So I went out to Target because it's Minneapolis. You got to go to a Target. And uh, I got pretty good bagels from this place called the St. Paul Bagelry and brought those back to the Airbnb. And uh, yeah, we, we enjoyed we enjoyed some bagels and uh, we played through the, the remaining chunk of Fortune or Fate. Um, definitely less cursed than the horrific target run that Dane and I did on Saturday morning last year. So it's good to it's good to have a, a more positive target experience this time around. Oh, I have written here on the notes, Zoe's Dynamite Adventure. We definitely had some kind of a thing where there were a lot of, I don't even remember the details at this point, but we had some very specific plan for me to like aggro a bunch of dudes, run them into one place and then dynamite and then blow up a bunch of guys, but stealthily in the middle of this caper that we were trying to pull off. So that was cool. You had the role that like every time you killed someone, you like lost suspicion or something, right? the the normal the normal mechanic is every time you defeat an enemy that's like a casino employee you you your suspicion level goes up but i had like the special role which makes it so that you can lower your suspicion so it kind of cancels out basically means that if you're very careful you can you can manage to kill a bunch of casino employees without attracting suspicion mm. so but you can also use dynamite and uh that you know <laughs> yeah, that's kind of I that's think, kind of a different type. yeah it exhausts some use so i think yeah, you're not we, gonna you're gonna get some threat 
by blowing up that. Yeah, you, you yeah. definitely got some suspicion after there was a giant dynamite explosion. But a little, a then, little you, bit. Yeah. The, somehow, somehow the woman running around with a giant hammer in the back of the casino was not giant. Hammer. It took a yeah. lot of AOs from that dynamite use. I think. The, I think the physician had true. to. I think Vincent was there to patch patch you up, or or the story was almost over. I don't. I don't quite remember. No, the, this was there was kind of like an escape run at the end of the scenario where we just needed to get back to the entrance. I think so. This was this mm. was part of that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds right. Anyway, very very fun scenario. We already kind of talked about it a lot, so we should probably probably move along. But uh, yeah, pretty pretty good. And then after that, we we went back to the game center. We were gonna get our Innsmouth run started, right? And uh, we figured let's go to the game center, let's play a little bit there, and let's uh, you know be ready to hand out some some relic hunter promos, talk to some people. Um, so we did. We played. Uh, what's the first Innsmouth scenario called? The, the spooky watery cave adventure. trapped underwater in a cave with no memories yeah <laughs> the, the, the the amnesia the the amnesia caves of amnesia something like that it definitely has a name i didn't write it down no well we'll, we'll never know <laughs> we forgot yeah. and at this point maybe we should talk about our just briefly the decks that we brought um ben who were you who are you playing for in smith run uh so i was playing carson uh which i think every Everyone, yeah, he's a butler, which I think everyone was very skeptical about. But I, I, I had a good time with him. I settled, I quickly settled into the role of like, uh, who is it from? Uh, who's the butler and archer? Uh, Woodhouse, basically. Yeah, uh, is is what I, I, I channeled the whole time. So I, you know, I had a good time helping people out, giving them actions, and uh, committing cards to them. I, I don't, I didn't do. There's some like full nonsense with Carson you can do that uh, I've seen floating around, and we'll probably talk about that more. Uh, Whenever we do an episode about the investigators, but I, I think he was helpful. I think he, he usually gave out at least two actions a turn and uh, uh, committed cards, uh, and at least once during the whole campaign, I think I got one clue. So yeah, you, you were doing like reg good stuff, Carson, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I had I had like a bunch of like soak um, things, so I could soak damage off people, uh, and I had that new ally. Um, whose name is escaping me? Gareth. Uh, detective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the, the Punjab detective who, who who turned out pretty good, who did some yeah. work for sure. He he seemed pretty neat. He like self heals himself and he uh, boosts people's tests at his location. So like occasionally I use it to to test my buff, buff myself, but usually I use it on somebody else. I, I was also running bless bless nonsense. That was that was amazing. I definitely do remember that. I have a lot of <laughs> memories of that happening. Um, Colin, what was your deck like? Uh, I was playing uh, Charlie. I tried to make him into as much of a guardian as Charlie can be. It was pretty good. I think Charlie needs a lot of setup, but like I was able to, you know, follow around and eventually upgrade safeguard and just like attack things. It was great. We should mention that this enti- this was a, a, a Herculean uh, feat for Colin because this entire campaign was played with an entirely proxy deck. So a bunch of just random Arkham cards with little scraps of paper put in them with the text of other cards written on them. So it, it was funny because we would often ask Colin, like, oh, Colin, can you kill this guy or can you come help us here or something? And we would we would really have no idea what was going on on Colin's board. Like, we would see a lot of cards out there, but unless you were looking at them very closely, you really had no idea what sort of cards they were. So it was it was definitely an interesting experience. It gave him the true facade of like a politician, right? You really, really <laughs> have no idea what they're truly doing. So. Yeah, yeah. The the setup required for Charlie to be effective sometimes means more than I like. The answer was no, but especially towards the end of the game, when the experience came out. I could get set up pretty well and contribute. 
Well, you also uh, you you picked one of your one of your two classes was Mystic, which I think you picked mostly for Delves. Uh-huh. So that might not have been like the most kind of optimal choice for just pure Charliness or whatever. But having Delves was great. We got a lot of XP off of those. Well, I needed a lot of Monius Charlie with all those blesses going around. The voice of Rob was really really quite the oh yeah quite the <laughs> uh, savior. Kim, how about how about your deck? Uh, I played Kaimani Jones, and I don't typically play a rogue. I kind of, I typically play a guardian, like Nathaniel is one of my favorites. So it's or definitely it was different for me to learn uh, how something different works. But I loved them. Uh, that, but this is what I get for letting Ben choose what I play because then I don't have to think about it. So no, but I actually really enjoyed playing them. It was. The fact that you can engage an exhausted enemy at your location for free was, like, clutch for us, I think. Because when uh, we weren't able to kill an enemy, all I had to do was evade it, or have someone else evade it and then kill it. And then it just then goes away if I beat it by a certain amount. One of your main weapons was a the, a new card that Dane uh, humorously referred to as hyper f- McShit Gun. I think. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's just going to be like 12 bleeps. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get bleeped out a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> what was, what was the name of that? Hyper physical shot caster. Hyper physical shot caster. Yeah. And it was useful. It was definitely useful. It was absolutely more useful than my grappling hook. That's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I, I have to say, it seems like your deck got really, we'll, we'll talk later about like kind of overall thoughts about these decks. It seems like your deck got very weird towards the end of the campaign, right? Like <laughs> you just had a lot of stuff going on over there. Well, and, and the hardest part about like this too, and which I think is a thing for the rogues, which gets me really like out of sorts is what's a turn and what's not a turn. Yeah. You know, and did I take, how many actions do I actually have in a turn? Was that a real action? Was that a fake? You had a lot of extra action stuff. (laughs) By the end of the game, I think I was doing like 17 different things on my turn. So I had to like start my turn while everybody else was going. It was a lot of, a lot of fast triggers and a lot of just bonus actions going on in that deck. So I think we got to talk later about how, how difficult the kind of sequencing discussions were about planning our turns with this group, but it was, it was interesting. Um, (laughs) Yeah. For mine, so I oh, okay. I, I think people who listen to this podcast, uh, they're they're probably familiar with the sort of predilections that that Ben and Dane and myself each have when it comes to Arkham Horror the card game. I like playing Seekers a lot; it's my favorite class. But sometimes you kind of have to just change it up and do something drastically different, right? So I uh, I figured, you know, survivors, uh, I give them a lot of shit. Uh, you know, I make fun of them sometimes, but maybe survivors are good. So I decided to play uh, Daryl, the photographer, uh, in our in our group. Which big change for me, obviously. Survivor red deck, very different. Supposed to fail tests instead of passing them. Very strange. I got to say, I I had a really good time. It was a very fun deck. I picked up a lot of clues. So you know, what, what color cards were you when your survivor deck in? Uh, I mean, you know, I was, I was playing Arkham Horror the card game cards mostly. Um, <laughs> I had some I had some red cards in my deck. You did? Yeah, I had. Did uh, you? Yeah, I, I had multiple red cards I in my deck. Saw a lot of yellow. <laughs> Well, okay, let, let me be clear. Not multiple distinct red cards in my deck, but I had multiple cards in my deck that were red. So, you know, that 
I, you know, it is it what it just, is. Just just lucky. Was that all it was? I mean, tech technically, yes. Technically, <laughs> that is technically that is correct. Did you? We made you get Ancient Covenant at some point, right? We, I think I, I think I eventually, yeah, I think I eventually did get Ancient Covenant as well to help with the bless. But then we never remembered to use he it. Got it to rebel against the bless because they were drawing too many bless tokens. Yeah, I think I got that as some kind of passive aggressive. Like, if you guys are gonna keep just uh, fucking up the bag with blessed tokens all the time, I might as well get something out of it. We we both got the both Ben and I got the guardian card that saves blessed tokens to keep keep it going. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get more into our kind of overall thoughts on this this team and these decks later. All I have to say is uh, Daryl probably number one survivor in the game. That's my that's my take on Daryl. I mean, I guess I don't disagree with that, but yeah, I feel like see, it might be for different reasons. <laughs> at you uh, so we played we played the great cave amnesia adventure um which i don't remember any super super specific stuff that happened i think it went i i, I think we we sort of we felt like we were going to lose near the end of it like we felt like we were running out of time and then we just kind of like managed to pull it out we were like very beat up and yeah. uh it was getting kind of iffy and then like in the last like turn or two we certainly like jumped ran across the map got all the clues and got out and we had like, actually we beat it by like three or four turns so I was like, is, isn't that, that usually how that scenario goes though like you, you get to the last agenda where everything almost everything is mostly flooded and it, it feels d- dangerous but then you manage to get out okay i think i i mean uh, we haven't we haven't i haven't failed it in any of my playthroughs but my all my other playthroughs it's like getting out the very last turn just barely yeah, we still managed um, to delve twice this, though or <laughs> yeah, th- this one we yeah. not only got out with like several turns, but we delved twice. So yeah. like the, we were, with all the victory and memories and whatnot. So you know it it was uh, it was, but it was looking very dicey up until that point. So so speaking of dicey, people that are following along with the progress of uh, kind of where we're at in the weekend so far might have realized that by now it's like mid afternoon on Saturday, and we have finished uh, one out of eight Innsmouth scenarios. <laughs> yeah, there is so, a reason we uh, we don't. We haven't tried to do the Iron Man yet with uh, yeah. So <laughs> so, so the reason so that, you know the, the reason that we didn't get a second Piata probably is down to this. I was going to try to make everyone watch Citizen Kane just to kind of tie in the Collins deck uh, during the weekend. That didn't happen either. We were we were kind of falling pretty far behind. We were doing the math on like can we actually finish Insmith this weekend? And the answer was yes, but it it it, it was it was kind of tight. So we left the game center to grab uh, dinner and so that we could get back in time for the trivia contest. We went to this place called Pizza Loose, which I guess is like a chain uh, around there. Ben, as a as a as a pizza aficionado, what was your take on uh, Pizza Loose? Oh no, I've already forgotten. I feel like I liked it. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty uh, good. I feel like it was light on sauce, and I feel like it had good crust, and the toppings were all right. Yeah, the toppings were good. We got I got like some type of meat lovers, uh, but it had like for some reason it had like spicy chicken on it, uh, which Dan was confused by. Uh, and it was very and it was very spicy. It had a lot of pepper on it, and it almost killed me. But you know, it was good. I like we we did. Oh, oh yeah, the black pepper way too spicy. Um, we we did discuss kind of the axiom of meat lovers pizza, which is they always put like one too many meats on it just to just mm. to be fully meaty. I guess it's like you don't need that much. Um, Kim and Colin, what do you guys think of pizza loose? Decent was the best pizza that I've had in a while. Oh wow! High rating from Colin. Wow. I liked the the we, Dan and I got mashed potato pizza. That was good because typically typically when we go out, Dan and I share a pizza, and then Ben gets a meat pizza that we'll eat off of, right? Because Dan and I like to eat weird things that Ben doesn't like to eat, like regular. Kim and I are usually going to get some so, kind of like nacho gordita surprise pizza or something. Right. That has, like, I right. tried a little right. bit of your pizza. Your pizza was weird. It had no sauce, but it had like chopped up 
tomato chunks on it or whatever and broccoli and i mean if it didn't have the chopped up tomato chunks that would have been it would have been pretty good but and it also had sour cream on it it was like it kind of wanted to be like a quesadilla or like a taco or something. a little bit yeah um the other good thing about it was pizza loose is like really close to the game center so mm -hmm. if you're if you're there and you're looking for a place nearby to grab some pizza i think you, you you could do a lot worse um so after that, we went back to the game center and we did, uh, there was another trivia contest. I think this one went almost exactly the same as last <laughs> year in that there, the questions, many of the questions were very challenging. Many of them had to do with Arkham Files things that are not directly related to the card game, which is really the only thing that we know a lot about. Is that accurate? Yeah, there was a lot of like um, questions from uh, Arkham Third and from, uh, I don't know, what's the boat game called? Unfathomable. 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 That I only know like whatever I read about in the article from Unfathomable, which helped last year, but this year I think it hindered us. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean it's fine. There was a couple book questions. Uh, we we did all right. We got like third place. Which yeah, was, which is pretty we, fine. And we were we were relatively close to like getting second or tying for second last year. Last year we tied for second. Yeah, and you know there was a couple questions. That we second guessed ourselves on, and I think went with the the wrong answer. We could have gotten if we one of us was more confident. There was, there was at least one that I was pitching at overruled, and at least one Dan was pitching at overruled. Uh, I'm mostly disappointed. The final question was like asking what locations were in which neighborhoods in Arkham. Yeah, like Arkham Horror Second Edition. Well, just the 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 topology or the geography of like the town of Arkham. You know, there's like, oh, this place is in East Town or whatever. This mm -hmm. place is in River Town or whatever. And you know, if you remembered the map for like Arkham Second Edition or Arkham Third Edition really well, you would remember like what color part of the map of the board, you know, Ma's boarding house is in or something like that. We kind of partially. Well, I should say Ben because Ben was the only one that like really. I mean, I I don't know. I drew the map. But I couldn't remember the names of all of the neighborhoods, but I knew the locations of all the the build of like each building. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and we unfortunately I flipped two of them. I think I flipped like uptown and downtown or something. So yeah, you still did better at that than than I would have. Probably better than any of the rest of us. So uh, most of our points come from like the random like oh, there's like ten point. There's like uh, five answers to this question. You get a point for each one. Yeah, <laughs> and those are the ones that I like remember. It's like oh, what are the prologue investigators called? Or when I shouted one out loud, and, like, <laughs> everyone next to us heard it that's usually what carries us but it, it's a good time i i feel like the team that won might have been the same team that won last year it was it's the yeah. it's the, the trivia experts which is you know good for them yeah so i mean that those those are the people uh, that we have to try to strive to defeat hopefully next year we can get harrison to show up and uh i think things might go a little differently under those circumstances yeah, he's he'll be our uh our ace our ace if we can bring him so otherwise dan dan you're gonna have to read all the novellas so uh, uh i mean maybe but then how are we gonna are we gonna play a bunch of games of unfathomable are we gonna are you gonna play every mansions of badness scenario from first and second oh edition? yeah there were like random mansions about it but that, no that was a question i got right though because i looked yeah, at all the game true. components <laughs> <laughs> anyway trivia trivia pretty fun um we also I, I forgot to mention this earlier but we talked to mj a little bit earlier that day that was fun there was a costume contest which uh you know is always a fun part there were, i wasn't over there in the room where they were doing it but it looked like the costumes were pretty good this year i guess yeah there was a good amount of costumes i think one last year i feel like there's a couple that might have been recurring ones but uh someone had like a very good uh haster like, costume that i think won uh and but cool. there was a lot of people dressed as various investigators I think the ones that usually win are the ones that are like super, like not just the investigator. It's like something weirder and more and more creative. 
it's like you do Ashcan Pete and you bring like a big stuffed dog to be Duke or something. It's that kind of thing, which is cool, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a good time, and, and people usually do a pretty good job at uh, replicating the the looks of the investigators. So that's always cool. I think we we also said hi to Duke at some point during the day there too. We did, yeah. We we missed them on Friday. That I think the Mythosbusters did a like an interview panel with with like Jeremy and MJ right. and Duke on Friday, but. We were still in the middle of yeah. Fortune or Fall. We, so we, we would have that. liked to have watched that, but we were still deep in Fortune or Fate and trying desperately not to fall too far behind. So, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, so after so so back to trivia. After trivia, we went back to the Airbnb and we we really needed to get at least a little bit more Innsmouth done. So we played through the second scenario, the flashback to solve a mystery scenario, the <laughs> the vanishing of Lena Harper. I think right. Yeah, yeah. I can never never remember the name, but yeah, it's like it's kind of like the clue one where you gotta figure out the location and the person and my main memory of this is that i was very tired i think probably all of us were very tired uh so we we managed to do it we we did we didn't have dane's ability to perfectly predict with whatever we had narrowed down so i think we that's true i think we only got it half right and had to deal with the mob near the end but uh did we i don't remember we were playing very late but we did we made it we made it we, out. we did not we got one guess wrong but so we were able to complete the scenario oh, so yeah that, yeah. So the mob was there, but we we uh, had we to. Need, we knew the location for sure, and we got the uh, su- the suspect wrong. Who was who was the suspect? Was it the teenager? I yeah, think the, the guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was. I think I've only ever have it have it be the teenager or the uh, like oil tycoon or whatever. Um, who's the, the the latter, which is the very obvious um, <laughs> uh, criminal. And this time it's like the it was the teenager who's always like, oh, I was coerced into doing it. But then later, like it, they show up and they just hang out with the cult. It's like, oh, I don't know. You know, it's always fun. But uh, yeah, then we we definitely crashed after that, and uh, I think we, we woke up on Sunday, right, to head straight to the game center. I, th- I think we did more bagels or something. Maybe I can't remember, but the the plan on Sunday was that we were going to arrive uh, at the game center at 11 AM to do there. There was a war of the outer gods being organized by some fans, but it was using this new uh, fan made kind of expansion to the scenario that uses different, um, you know, the original war of the outer gods has like the green, blue and red uh, cults that are kind of fighting each other. But this new variant of it has like purple, yellow and black uh, cults. Mm-hmm um that are based around different ancient ones so they have different rules uh, i think it's called the cosmic pantheon so the the designer um is mint tea fan aka tofu muffin on our discord um and the uh the art and graphics were done by i'm not sure how to pronounce this but hawk haka uh, h-a-u-k-e um and the person organizing the event was davi who we met and talked to um mm-hmm. i thought this was really fun what did you guys think of it uh i thought it was uh, an improvement over the original uh, I thought the cults were a little bit more distinct. Um, they were maybe a little bit more complicated in terms of what was going on, but their interactions were a little bit better. Um, like the the black ones had like mechanics where like they would heal. Like if a, if a black one got hurt, it would like trigger a yeah. thing to heal one of the other ones, and when one got healed, it would trigger a thing to make another one attack or something. One of them had like the ruins thing where they would like ruin locations and then mm, yeah, encounter cards they- and interact with it. The yellow one was like Chud Mel or something, which is like a disaster oh, yeah. ancient Mel. one, and it would like cause like typhoons and like volcano eruptions and stuff, and it would like slowly destroy the map, and that that interacted with like if if the map was a little destroyed, it would it would buff his guys. Oh yeah, and the, and the black one, you had to drink the milk, the black milk. Oh, 
Remember? And so one of the cards made you drink a mysterious milk. Uh, that was that was an experience. Because obviously Davy handed out a bottle of black milk and said, "You gotta drink that." And you know, luckily Colin was there. So Ben, uh, obviously a big milk drinker. Uh, milk also Colin. Uh, you know, Colin also a milk guy on occasion. So you know, it was it was good. But uh, it's escaped me. What was the purple? The purple one's theme wasn't the purple one. The um, it was the void, right? So it was like. I can't remember, but I like that one the best. It's weird that I can't remember. They had a special encounter deck. It had like a it had like its own little deck that you like whenever you interacted with the monsters or its encounter cards, you had to like draw from a deck and it would like make the test harder. Oh yeah. I don't know if it was the void. Wasn't the void the blue party? But yeah. Uh it, not not the void, but the abyss or something. It was yeah. something like that. Um but it was oh no, the veil, rather. Mm. I don't know. I, I thought it was really cool. I mean I, I like the original Wotog, but I liked these cults better. I hope that they eventually have like a print and play version of this, because I would totally, totally get it. Uh yeah, I think it is available for print and play. Um somewhere I can, we can They also somebody mentioned I forget who, but somebody mentioned the possibility of doing like massive Wotog with all six cults, which I think would be a logistical nightmare, but I would definitely be down <laughs> to do it once, just for just for fun. Yeah, I, I think there was discussion of it. I don't remember if they had rules for it, uh, heart, you know, penned down yet. But like to organize it, you would need some kind of person that really takes great pleasure in the intricacies of uh, interpreting rules <laughs> and moving things around and figuring out which monsters fight other monsters. And uh, I just don't know if there's anybody like that around here on this podcast right now. So I, it, it might just be impossible. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's basically where we're at. <laughs> but no, it, it's definitely cool. I'm, uh, Minty fan does a lot of. Uh, custom stuff uh, and variants so it's always good to look out for what they're doing uh so after the after the cosmic pantheon uh, war of the outer gods we played the third insmith scenario which is in too deep i think yeah and we did play war of the outer gods with our with our insmith team oh yeah 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 we, we did it like as a as a standalone kind of like in the middle of the as like an augmented thing in the middle of our yeah. campaign um and then we we so we we left Innsmouth briefly to go to wherever War of the Outer Gods takes place, and then came right. back to Innsmouth. As you do. Um, and we and Into Deep is the one where there's the barriers around the town, and the town is gradually flooding. I think that this one was pretty fun. It seemed to go pretty smoothly. I think more or less. I think it went pretty well. There was at least one instance where Colin was very sad. We did. Uh, yeah, Colin, <laughs> tell us about the sad instance. Like I was fighting a guy. And I uh, used Radiant Smite with our Bless strategy, and I drew an auto-fail. And Ben got kind of sad, too, because those three Bless tokens had to go away. And then... Yeah, you did you did waste my <laughs> precious Bless tokens that weren't really doing anything And then else. I attacked again, and then got another <laughs> auto-fail, or curse-fail. Brutal double auto-fail situation. If it, I really wish that I had had a little bit more, like, kind of energy and uh, and opportunity to just keep track of all of the wasted blessed tokens over the course of the weekend. There were a lot. Uh, there were just a lot of, a lot of like, bless, bless, zero we, pulls. We, we saved you know? so many, though, with our dual guardian powers. <laughs> yeah, we got Sacred Covenants <laughs> online pretty quickly, yep. so we were able to keep those blessed tokens uh, going. Yep. Uh, I, mean, I was using them to, like, give discounts with Rite of Sanctification, you know, Carson helping people out. That was, that was pretty all right. Colin was using to smite stuff, and yeah. We we should also say so during this scenario, I think both Colin and Kim won uh, purple playmats in the raffle, right? There was like a one of the playmats was kind of a weird purple demon guy that looked pretty cool. I think I think they were both they were both the same playmat. I think Kim might have won hers on Saturday. I think Maybe. it was the same day. Yeah, they they both got it. It's like a night gone on it or something. I don't know if we knew where the art was from. We thought maybe it was from Scarlet Keys. Yeah, that was our guess. So we'll we'll see. Maybe 
Definitely very purple. <laughs> and this one, so I, also briefly, we met, um, I forget his, I, I don't know if we know his last name, but Peter the Lego guy, the guy who created the kind of list and instructions for making Lego versions of all of the investigators, who is, is really my personal hero when it comes to uh, the extended community of Arkham Horror the card game. They're so cool. He had them at the, he had them on his table. I took a look at them. Really neat, just awesome little Lego renderings of all the investigators. Very, very cool. Um, talk to him a little bit. We posted him on our Instagram. If you, uh, if you're, if you're a Lego person or even a little bit of a Lego person, definitely check that out. Um, and just huge, huge props to him for doing something incredibly cool. Yeah, I was most I was uh, impressed that he managed to bring all the Legos because I think he flew in. I know, uh, right? Successfully to Arcanite without them getting getting wrecked. So yeah. I mean that, that was a feat in itself. Oh yeah. I mean we definitely met a bunch of uh, various fans there, or at least I did. I think m- most of the time when people came up to get oil hunters and chat with me, uh, you guys like were on a bathroom break or whatever or a beer run. <laughs> but I saw um, a William from Arkham Fantasy who makes those little uh, uh, Arkham pixel art stickers. I think he gave some of those. Um, Ante, oh no, Anti Markanov. <laughs> he gave me like a little mini rules reference with like all of the timing windows, skill tests, and some other niche rules. So you know, I Ben was that. very excited about this. I was. Uh, well, he sure was. <laughs> I was very excited. Uh, I think Andy gave us. Uh, they gave us some little class ribbons, so they were like little ribbons to stick on your lanyard that uh, had various class names. Uh, when they came by, they gave, I I was I, they asked me what I wanted. I wanted the red one, obviously. So I said Survivor was my favorite class, and it said uh, on your own on it. Uh, and I was there by myself because you guys were all getting <laughs> tricks or whatever. <laughs> so I, you know, I t- t- took it as a personal slight, but that's all right. Uh, but yeah, they, they had some cool ones for one feature class. They came back later, and I got the ribbon for my my old favorite class Seeker and my new favorite class Survivor. <laughs> so that was fun. I was happy to have both of those. Yeah. Uh, I think Gorfax, uh, who's a Reddit mod on the Arkham Reddit, gave out a foil Double or Nothings. That was cool. Which was very funny because they were also the taboo Double or Nothings that say Forbidden on them. Yep, too good. Uh, the card's so good they had to ban it. <laughs> uh, Reaver Man gave me a, gave me a little um, Brotherhood sigil uh, token thing. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but uh, that was fun. And uh, Dar Paul Guy, I bought uh, an Atlach Nacha like, card tray. Which is like so you you can put the cards in it and spin it around so it can be the spider to manage that scenario better. Which I realized that I've never actually played that with physical cards. <laughs> that scenario you could uh, I mean you could play it with a real physical spider. You could get a tarantula <laughs> and kind of just uh, move it around the board as you're playing. You that know? I mean that might might work, but I also can think of a few reasons why it wouldn't. But you know, uh, who might have shoot down such Kim? Great, Kim great is kind of shaking her head. I feel like Kim might have some thoughts about this. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we're bringing a tarantula into my house. Okay, we brought cats. I think that's. Yeah, no, those are different. They're (laughs) sweet and lovable, and I. Tarantulas tarantulas are very nice. They're fuzzy. All right, they are fuzzy. Maybe one of the campaigns in the future will have like a giant cat boss that you can use one of your cats. Um, I I feel it's unlikely. Cats are always allies. Well, I mean, we didn't even know the name of the cat. So remember, we don't even know the name of the cat. I I knew the name of the cat. I was talked out of it. I was weak willed. It was called (laughs) the cat. cat. No, it was called the black cat. Oh, the black it's the cat name on the card. Yeah, that's right. I got convinced it was something obscure. That was one of the trivia questions that we debated yeah, a while and did yeah. not get right. So, yeah. Anyway, so we're here. We're at the game center. It's Sunday. We're trying to finish uh, Innsmouth Scenario Three into deep. 
we kind of had to rush to finish it because inexplicably the game center closed at like 10 on Friday and Saturday and six on Sunday this year. Usually during Arkham nights, they keep it open later. So we were rushing. We discovered a new technique of standing up while playing Arkham, the the Arkham (laughs) horror, the card game, which helped at least a little bit. I think it definitely got us moving a little bit faster. So that, that was good. And we did narrowly manage to finish by six. So that was great. Mm. We, We were definitely one of the last, I think we might've been the last group playing and we were one of the last groups to like get out yeah. of there, but but we yeah. did get out of there before six, which is what's important because you never want to be the person that is anywhere after they close because you know that's just uh, not not cool at all. Yeah, it is it is a rules violation, so it puts an mm-hmm. asterisk on the whole uh, on the whole event. Um, so so <laughs> we we went from there directly to get some dim sum at a place called Pagoda that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, that was very good. You got like I, I don't know egg drop soup and uh, dumplings and buns, and it, it was good. It was good. And sticky rice. Oh yeah, sticky rice. I forgot about the sticky rice. Um, Minnesota, a lot, a lot of good food in Minnesota. So, so dim sum. We did another quick Target stop because you just always, just always need stuff at Target. You know, it's there. You have to go. And then we went back to the Airbnb. And of course, we were kind of under the gun now, right? Like we, we had already planned. We had the Airbnb through Tuesday morning. We were flying out Tuesday morning, so we had Monday to finish uh, playing Innsmouth, but. Again, it's Sunday night, and we have finished three scenarios out of eight. So we we figured we basically had to get two done, or at least, you know, we, we figured we had to finish scenario four and at least get part of the way through five at the Airbnb Sunday night. So we played scenario four, uh, which Ben has helpfully written in the notes, flashback to boat time. Which I, I guess is I guess is correct. So that's that's the kind of chill one where you sail the boat around to the different little islands and you look for uh, clues, right? Yeah, you're trying to find uh, artifacts or something, right? I'm trying to remember. Did anything super exciting happen in this one? Uh, who was in charge of killing the friend? Did Colin murder it in like one round or something? Oh, the the anime kraken or uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really remember, <laughs> but we killed it somehow. I feel like uh, I feel like in general we were not as a team we were not excellent at murdering things. I would we say. managed to kill all of. Well, I guess that's kind of spoilers to the next one. We we eventually kill everything, but like the thing with with the uh, Kimani is uh, they aren't uh, actually very good at dealing damage and stuff. They had the the guns, the the weird guns, with the weird name to basically do damage when needed, but otherwise they were reliant on evading stuff to poof it, and that doesn't work on like bosses or or stuff with victory. Right. Yeah. On yeah. elite enemies. Yeah. But it, it, it worked. We got all the clues. You know, we, we sailed the boat around. We finished it. And then we did uh, Scenario 5, Horror in High Gear, the car chase one. Did anything... Let's see. What happened in the car chase one? I feel like that one was actually a little bit tense. It um, was. It was it tricky. Was, yeah. I, I think my experience is, like, if you get, like, one good round in, you can kind of get, like, ahead of the enemies. And then it's, like, not too bad. But I think they were on our, on our asses the whole time. <laughs> Um, yeah, basically. We didn't have any dynamite too. I a... think the the ridiculous Daryl Clue engine that I that we can discuss later sort of oh, had to, it took a little while to get going in this one, so we were kind of like, um, and, and didn't we have like the two cars got separated near the end, which is bad. Like you don't want that to happen. I think we got separated by accident. Yeah, uh, I don't like know. Somebody went forward, and then we were like, "Oh, we shouldn't have gone forward yet." But it was it was dicey, but I mean, we still won. The thing with horror and high gear is like you're kind of almost not supposed to actually make it all the way to the end i feel like you're supposed to like they're expecting you to like there's a lot of ancient evils um i think they're expecting you to hit some long ways around but i think every time i've played it we've got enough clues or used some other uh telescope technology to 
never go to the wrong way around. We also like the penalty for not getting clues in a lot of parts of horror and high gear is just you take a crap load of damage and horror. And mm-hmm. we had Ben at this point, the Carson deck had a lot of like help people soak stuff cards. Yeah. So there were a lot of things that would have been pretty scary, but you were able to just tank a ton of damage and horror on you, I think. Yeah, I had, I had soak or, or healing that I would do afterward yeah. to kind of maintain it. I mean, that is an interesting part of the scenario is like deciding like when to spend clues and when not to. Right. Um, yeah. To like figure out, oh, can we, hand, can we take this damage? Which is always fun. And, and remember, there's things, there's other things you can do with clues besides either spend them or keep them. There's actually a third thing that you can do with clues, which is to drop them. And I, uh, that, that can also be pretty good sometimes. So uh, <laughs> I'm just saying hypothetically, if you wanted to, instead of either spending the clues or holding on to them, if you wanted to just like drop them on the ground and then maybe pick them up again or maybe not pick them up again, that that's also a thing that you could do. Yeah, that is a whole suite of cards that, that came out <laughs> in Skull Keys that, that you did deploy. For instance, if you wanted to start climbing up a very interesting ladder and then kind of like, you know, oh, get a little bit... Get a little bit, uh, you know, twisty up at the top of it, and almost fall off, but figure out something really surprising. That's a thing that you could do. Just in the sure. middle of the car chase, sure. yeah. pulling yeah. over, getting up the ladder. <laughs> exactly. I think in this, I think in this scenario too, I was, I had three people with me, right? So I had like a whole bunch of like places to put my damage. So if we couldn't move forward, it was just like very easy to mitigate everything this time. Yeah. Yeah, Colin also had a lot of soak for all because he had a million allies at this point, right? I did. Oh, exactly. I, I yeah, had, we both had hollowed mirror. I, I think we spent some oh, hollowed yeah. mirrors that then keep oh. clues to have exciting discoveries. As a photographer, I had the ability to diagnose people as being highly bizarre, which uh, definitely <laughs> came in helpful sometimes. I also made you drop clues. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, cost. that, that can be a benefit sometimes. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so we finished horror in high gear. It's late Sunday night. Uh, Monday is our last day there. Um, we, we wake up Monday. Did anything happen Monday? Uh, we had food already. I don't think we made you go get more food. Uh, I thought I went and got bagel. Maybe that was Sunday. I think I you know. went to the no. bagel place. No, I think you did go. I did a little run around the area Monday morning, which was interesting to explore the area. It was very cold uh, in Minneapolis as, as you'd expect. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I went and got more bagels, but we knew, you know, we were kind of like on the clock. We knew we had to finish three scenarios Monday. So we did uh scenario six, which is a light in the fog, I think. Yeah. The, the, the Duke scenario. The first Duke scenario. There's the more Duke, Duke scenarios scenario. to come very soon. I vaguely remember in this one. Um, well, so, so one fun recurring thing with the Daryl deck, the, the basic weakness that I had was um, Daryl's very scary nightmare, the um, <laughs> your your worst nightmare weakness, which is like the thing that you can't actually do damage to, not that not that Daryl really could anyway. Um, so one kind of recurring leitmotif of the campaign was uh, Daryl getting very scared of his nightmare and asking his friends to help him out with it. And uh, I'm just trying to remember anything from this scenario. Wasn't there a moment where like I was stuck in the top of the lighthouse with my very scary nightmare and I was like trying to get people to come help me deal with it that sounds familiar i mean that, that happened multiple times throughout the campaign where you would get a little bit away from us immediately get scared of your nightmare and like, for some uh, call for, for some, someone to come kill it for some reason i tended to to be scared of the nightmare a lot of times per scenario <laughs> yeah uh you definitely cycled the deck a lot yeah how did kamani thematically <laughs> deal with your, your nightmare by dodging it running really fast I kind of think they like just put their hands over your eyes and are like, it's not there anymore. They just kind of did it a few times. Or they were just like giving Daryl a big hug and being like, it's okay. Hug. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. 
I assume it's some combination of that and like in Scooby Doo or the Hanna Barbera cartoons where they like start running and that makes the like the weird little like noise with their feet kind of like spinning around and then they go <laughs> something like that maybe I don't know. Whenever we get rid of the nightmare, I look and see how many cards are left in Dan's deck, and usually it was like two <laughs> or three cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anything else from a light in the fog that was that was exciting? At the very end, I feel like we had to solve the puzzle of like the drainage room is on the opposite side of the map from the uh, the scuba the scuba exit, and had to decide like, can we all just resign and trust in the next turn that the room will get flooded so like Kip oh, yeah. can get out? Yep. Uh and it worked out. I think we might have bet on that and it didn't it didn't end terribly. So There you go. Oh, we also luck. another thing we should mention is we did we continued the this whole campaign we had a tradition of making the butler carry all the keys around whenever possible. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> that didn't always work, but we we tried to do that whenever possible just cuz we thought it was funny. Strategically, it was usually not the correct decision, but it yeah, it was definitely was funny. <laughs> it was the best decision. <laughs> yeah, then we we rolled quickly immediately into the seventh scenario, I think, right? Yep. Uh, flashback to Cult Investigation, a.k.a. Um, the Lair of Dagon? Yeah, maybe. I think so, yeah. right? Yeah, because it's, it's the one where you go into the... You investigate the... How do I the, remember these? I don't know, because I didn't remember them. I just wrote notes here to remind you what the, remind what the scenario was about. I mean, you you really like the very cool names of scenarios. I, mean, I do. That is that is true. Brain. Horror in High Gear is the best one from Insmith, yeah. but yeah. But yeah, this this one's like you go and investigate the cult, and then you like go underneath the 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 Order of Dagon's place, and you find out that this is the one with the Moon Room, which we always is enjoy. This the one with the lots of lots of curses. Isn't the Moon Room's in in Lighthouse? Isn't it? Oh, uh, maybe you, you're right. That's the scuba room you get out. Is this the curse one? This is the one that's a curse themed. Yes, you're this right. This is the one where I drew like eight curse tokens and like took one damage from an encounter <laughs> card while doing it. <laughs> yes yes i think we instagrammed that yeah <laughs> yeah colin expertly drew all, like almost all the curse tokens out of the bag I'm very good job Colin. so <laughs> yeah very good job not drawing it on like a um you know frozen remains or something or whatever um did we decide to fight dagon at the end or did we let him sleep we let him sleep i think we let him sleep okay sacrificed one vic- it's always a one victory point sacrifice but you know at that point i'm gonna try to give the listeners just a little pick so each of these scenarios was taking us i would say minimum three hours is that accurate um uh, yeah. so we've been doing this all weekend kim is kim is like nodding kind of grimly as i'm as i'm talking about this <laughs> i would describe the mood on monday afternoon and evening as like people that had kind of just finished a marathon or had just finished like a you know like a final in college or something it was it was definitely like we were we were kind of exhausted, I think. So we were definitely at the stage where it's like, you know what, we don't even need all the victory. F*** it, let's just get this scenario done, I think, Yeah. at this point. Well, everyone except Colin was, had like their decks basically maxed out at this point. Yeah, Daryl, for some reason, tended to not have a lot of cards in his deck that were higher than level 2. Um, yeah, so I, I didn't weird. really need a whole lot of XP. Um, but Colin, you know, had access to every ally in the game, basically. So Colin could just keep putting, like level five whoever the fuck in his deck the um, black cat. you know <laughs> he put the black cat in right? i did <laughs> at some point we, we had I, I had put it in by the time we had that trivia question i think or maybe not uh, oh man you, on your proxy card you had uh as a new or whatever written instead of the black cat that was, that was the mistake <laughs> so we we after finishing those two scenarios we wanted to go out and get some food so i searched for like best pizza twin cities trying to find is there like an interesting pizza place we can check out 
we found this place called Black Sheep Coal-Fired Pizza in sort of, I think it was in, not downtown Minneapolis, but kind of like the outskirts. Like it was a little bit closer to the center than where we'd been hanging out. Um, so we drove over there. It was very cold. Um, is the main thing that I remember uh-huh. about that experience. And uh, I thought the pizza was pretty good. What did you guys think? Yeah, I think it had good pizza. Coal-fired pizza, right? You know, yeah. wasn't as good as the sweet and like spicy peach sauce pizza I got at Pizza Loose. Um, but mm-hmm. there were very large pineapple slices on the pizza. I remember that. They were slices, mm. not yeah, they, pieces. They were entire slices. <laughs> Kim is exactly correct. Yeah, they just they weren't diced. Instead, it was yeah sliced. So, mm. uh, yeah, I think the pizza, I think I liked the pizza. I can't remember if I liked it more or less than pizza loose. It was, it was a little bit more plain, like in terms of like, uh, I just got like kind of a pepperoni with sausage, pepperoni sausage or something instead of like crazy meat lovers or whatever. It's just a different style. This was kind of like a flat sort of like brick oven type pizza, mm-hmm. um, similar, you know, and, and, and pizza loose is more of kind of like a normal, like, um, you know, kind of like a normal American pizza kind of thing. I don't know. They 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 were both pretty good. Yeah. I liked I liked the skewers and the salad more than the pizza oh, at yeah. Black Sheep. So we, Dan and I and Con, Dan Colin and I shared a Caesar salad, which you know basic, but it was delicious. And then there was some kind of vegetable skewers that we ate that were just I thought were very those good. are pretty like good. Random vegetables of the day skewers that they fry, or like they roasted or something, right? And you know yeah. what? They were I had pretty a couple good. Of them. They, yeah, they, they were actually. I didn't good. like the onions, but the other vegetables were great. Oh, good thing I was there. Because onions a bad vegetable. <laughs> no, I mean onions are really it's, it's good, but they got to be like caramelized to be tasty. And they, they were maybe undercooked. Maybe it was the wrong type of onion for me. Moving, uh, m- moving on. So we finished. We finished that pizza, <laughs> and we went back to the Airbnb. It's fairly late uh, Monday night. We have one scenario to finish, and then we have to wake up pretty early the next day. So we did uh, the final scenario into the maelstrom. Any any thoughts on this one? I'm trying to remember. Or, or as Ben has written here, deep underwater versus big boys. I remember asking uh, yeah. Kim for money, like when we were starting, and like we had some like good jokes about like fundraising emails for political campaigns. I remember uh, rapidly. Yeah, yeah, there there was a continuing theme of Charlie sending out emails to the rest of the group, like uh, you know, uh, Daryl. I just got news from our fundraising team. We're down a lot, and we might lose this election unless you chip in right now. Can you contribute to help Charlie Kane defend American values? Yeah. Like there was, there was a lot of that going on. Charlie was basically like a money hole that just always needed. This money. scenario was the best because like we just got the email. Like I am like in the, I am coming from like inside, <laughs> like the depths of relay or whatever. Yeah, it's okay. Kaimani was embezzling uh, treasure <laughs> everywhere and just. Was able to donate over. It's like robbing from the rich to give to the poor. No, I don't think that's also the same rich. concept here. Robbing from the rich to give to the rich. Oh, and Daryl Daryl cracked a lot of cases uh, over the course of the campaign. So that was that was also good. Um, yeah, my I guess my memory of this scenario is moving around the map very fast and having everyone just safeguard with me and picking up. <laughs> Uh, a huge amount of clues which is kind of what you need to do in this scenario yeah it, in the later scenarios both Colin and i had like sacred level two and we would just like stand on top of daryl and daryl would move and we would just follow him everywhere and kamani was like where'd you guys go i would just like <laughs> double pathfinder double shortcut uh everywhere um i remember kim being a little bit salty because she did not have a uh, safeguard and felt kind of left out because you couldn't join the cuddle puddle that was rolling around the map yeah, it wasn't even that. I had such a bad 
out of all of the scenarios we did, this was my worst experience. You had some really bad luck. My, I got a lot. I gave away my money to to Charlie, and then Frederick. I. And You're then not supposed every, to do that. You're supposed to ignore those I, emails. <laughs> Right. And then and then the problem and then every draw was bad and I couldn't get a machine like I couldn't get anything moving. So I was just like standing. I felt I think I remember I was just kind of standing in the middle. You had to you got like the encounter card twice where you have to either flood an area or like uh, or or like lose where investigator was or lose a bunch of like stuff you had played. And like we were all hanging out in our scuba suits like in the same square and it was flooded. Yep, and I was just sat alone by myself in my scuba suit. <laughs> your stealth, like you both, your stealths got trashed, and you like couldn't avoid it or something, and, it, and that like killed your engine a bit. I think. But. I also, I think that the kind of like weary, like baton death march vibes of just like being exhausted from playing Innsmouth all weekend was at its very peak during this final scenario, and uh, I feel like the do an entire campaign in a weekend thing maybe needs to be revisited. Maybe that's not the most mentally healthy way, way to, to play I this enjoyed case. this, but I also like would do like study for an entire day while in college. So like I'm not really the, the person to talk of health. But I also remember another auto fail draw in this where I definitely destroyed Dan's scuba suit because I was, I was gonna Oh yeah, I forgot me. about that. That was very funny. yeah you're trying to fight monsters off of him yeah yeah i mean playing the whole campaign one weekend is very fun i think like one issue is like the campaigns all get like slightly longer with each new release yep so like in smith they're like they're in smith is a much longer campaign than carcosa or dudwich yeah i tried to convince you guys to do like half of dream eaters so that we would just have to do four scenarios and I think I might win that pitch next year. Uh, <laughs> next year, but uh, next next year, year half of Dream Eaters and ride the Rugrats roller coaster. I think is the <laughs> is the pitch. And I, I should say, I mean, I, I had a great time. It was very fun to play in with you guys. But it, it was definitely like it just felt like a lot. Should should we should we segue a little bit into talking about kind of the our thoughts on these decks? Because well, so Ben, do you want to t- talk about Carson a little bit? Because I feel like Carson is like the weirdest of these four, or like one of the weirdest new investigators that we've seen in a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he's definitely, uh, very odd in that he, his, he does nothing himself. Uh, his stats are terrible. Uh, it's it's very hard for him to, like, boost them up to efficient, both task tests and efficiently do stuff himself. So his whole thing is just offering support to the rest of the group, which, in the past, I think we've kind of, uh, scoffed at the, the concept of uh, someone just being support in a, in a game, and I think he really nails it more than previous investigators so like he he gives actions to people which uh if he gives daryl on action that's usually uh get a bunch of clues or sometimes it's drop a bunch of clues but either um, way it's great <laughs> but uh and giving it to like kamani or 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 charlie can help deal with enemy mandarin or whatever i think what's kind of the most interesting about him is he can when he gives the actions out, it kind of changes the normal order of operations for investigators in that it like, lets people take a single action out of ter- turn. Like Sometimes the puzzle is like, okay, I have an enemy on me, uh, therefore I need you to go first and deal with the enemy, but you need money to play something before you can deal with the enemy or something, therefore someone else has to go first. But usually it's like, oh, they need to take one action to, to trigger this chain of events. And with Carson there, it's like, oh. Well, I'll give you the action to play the money card so that you can do an action to play your weapons so that you can do an action to evade or whatever, or some combination like that. 
Um, so it kind of it kind of mixes up the the ordering of the turns a bit more and, and adds another layer to the puzzle. Uh, it does make it a little more uh, time consuming when we're doing strategy, which might have slowed us down a little bit. But I think it's I think it's pretty interesting and it's a it's a fun way to tackle the game. I want to add um, that I think that Carson has like the bonus action that like is most often always used. Like I guess like Daisy mm-hmm. can usually use her tone bonus action, but like it's always being given to someone. Yeah, every turn I I never I never there was zero turns that I didn't give someone an, a- an action, which was always just like a free handout. Unless maybe like the beginning of Circle Undone, where you're like in a different location. Like as long mm. as you're on someone's oh, space, no. you're gonna <laughs> yeah, too too scary. <laughs> but um, no, but but it was yeah. It, what Ben said about it kind of making things take a little bit longer, I think, is very true though. Like most of the most of the reason that the game goes slowly for us is that we're kind of like strategizing the best way to 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 use actions on a given turn and like who should go first even with a normal group where everybody has kind of different responsibilities and everybody's turn is really separate from each other it can take a while if you have four people but i feel like uh it definitely with carson it it just complicates things a lot because like the sequencing of like well i'm going to do this on your turn and then this on my turn it gets way more complicated my my question for ben so i mean i think carson was definitely good like carson definitely made made some a lot of you know made a lot of good stuff happen how much of that was the bonus actions and how much of that was just playing cards like Gareth and stand together and ever vigilant and stuff like that and motivational speech like could you have just played a lot of those same cards in some other guardian deck and would it have been like roughly as good i mean i definitely gave everyone an action at least one person action every turn often it was two people because we were a giant mass uh except for kamani who occasionally wandered off or sometimes terrible wandered off yeah yeah and i think those actions were useful on you guys if i was playing a pure guardian i wouldn't play as many support cards because i would be being able to actually do stuff myself as like fighting or uh probably not getting clues too often but but fighting myself so i'd be focused on like buffing myself more i think than helping the rest of the group well with carson you're just kind of forced to (laughs) all right i need to think about cards that will help people either by committing stuff to skills or giving them buffs in some other way or giving them money or cards or whatever um and then if i don't have those cards to play i usually give someone an action and occasionally i would like draw a card or something as an action if i if i couldn't uh give away actions to people but um yeah i mean some of that stuff might show up in other guardians like tommy or something but uh i mean it was it was definitely it was definitely fun like it definitely changed the way that we played a lot like people i think played more expensive stuff because they knew that you were going to be able to help them pay for it um you know it 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 definitely was like a different experience from playing kind of like a typical four-person team so i thought that was cool yeah and yeah i mean i liked it because uh it, usually his turns were pretty simple it was just like once we solve once we solved the puzzle of who was going first um it was like all right you take an action you take an action you take an action i play this card right uh you know it was great so i i enjoyed it colin how was uh overall how did you like charlie and what were your thoughts on playing that deck he was good definitely a massive money hog i had like two voice of raw two motivational speech and like i put an upgrade emergency cash in there he just he just uses it all, but then he, you get when you get like six allies out, you can kind of do anything. <laughs> um, you can you can pass any skill test. You can you can fight people with your uh, time ward brands or whatever. So so would you would you say you put together a winning coalition? Yeah, the team, the whole okay. game. I I got gang up at the end, but I did not manage to like summon everybody to 
fight a Cthulhu because he won the scenario before they can come out. And you played uh, Guardian Mystic Charlie, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there's that's one of like ten different ways to play Charlie. Yeah. So I imagine he can go in like lots of other different directions. I think like Rogue might be better for like a fighting Charlie deck, but like getting Dells is pretty great. And we we got the War of some Ancient Evils and other bad cards. We should mention because Ben Ben didn't mention this too much when he was talking about Carson, but you guys definitely put a absolutely stupid amount of blessed tokens in the bag for like the entire second half of the campaign but mostly mostly ben yep i <laughs> i yeah i had i i had a couple because I, I was subclass survivor on my carson so i like basically used that to get blessed tech i managed the level two holy rosary some blessed tokens once but it was mostly mostly ben there was a lot of blessed tokens uh most of the time they didn't do anything when people drew them but that, that wasn't necessarily why they were there they were there to do some discounts I also use them myself to like occasionally pass a critical test if I needed to, um, with like a favor of the sun and whatnot. And I think did Colin, did you ever get Nephthys uh going? I don't remember. I did not. I remember we like used Blessing of Isis twice in one turn. Oh, that, like, was, that was that was oh really yeah. Funny. Like that's the the very fun thing about Carson, which is a minor thing, but like whenever someone draws an Elder Sign, he also has drawn the Elder <laughs> Sign and gets to draw a card. So, you know, drawing cards is always sort of fun. So on someone else's turn, that's what I get to pay. Is like, did you draw an Elder Sign? Nice. That's pretty good. And the blessed nonsense is you can Blessing of Isis to, like, force an Elder Sign if you draw two of them in a row. So. And, and the, the blessed tokens get put back in the, in the cast mm-hmm. bag. It's great. Yeah, we can't, we can't let us drop low 10. We need all, need all 10 of those. So, uh, Dan, what did you think of your, uh, your Daryl deck? Uh, I had a good time. Look, survivors, they're, they're not for everybody. You know, they, they do things a little differently. They're a little off the beaten path. You gotta, you know, they're maybe a little bit creative, you know? Um, but, uh, I, it, it can be a really good time. No, I mean, I, we might talk about this a little more when we talk about the, the new investigators on like the later episode, but I mean, the whole deck that I was playing basically came down to, uh, research notes plus captivating discovery and knowledge is power uh which knowledge is power should be banned by the way i think uh in fact probably <laughs> several of the cards that i had in that deck should just be banned um it was it was it was pretty nuts like research notes the research notes captivating discovery thing is you just have like an incredible draw engine coupled like perfectly coupled with a sort of basically archaic glyphs only in some ways better like you know you collect a ton of evidence it took a little while to get going i think dane is going to be kind of like dismayed or kind of roll his eyes when he he sees this deck because i i had hawkeye folding camera in it for the first couple scenarios and then i took it out because i didn't really need it and it was too slow and wasn't really doing a whole lot for me i just i dropped a ton of clues and then i would just pick up all the clues again what what's the rules interaction exactly ben so like with knowledge is power it says without paying the cost when you activate a tome or spell and for for some reason the way that that's interpreted is you don't actually need to spend any evidence when you activate research notes yeah so there was a recent ruling from uh the rules guru i, I, I the ffg hired someone specifically just to answer like rules questions right. about i think and their response was like things that are additional costs as part of like the effect count as costs okay even though even though even if it's like you may spend whatever uh if you succeed or something yeah and knowledge is power it says you ignore the cost or i think yeah instead of just like it's not just the action it's the whole cost so you can spend you can spend evidence you don't have uh but you don't actually have to spend it 
because the way research notes works is it accumulates evidence when you drop clues, which is great. Mm. And then when you, you can activate it to do a int test difficulty zero. And then for each point you succeed by, you can spend an evidence to pick up a clue basically. Right. Yeah. But if you're using knowledge as power, you don't even have to spend evidence. Um, and by the way, you can have two research notes out. So when you play a captivating discovery, you get, you, you drop three clues, you get six evidence spread out between the two of them. It's kind of nuts. The other thing that's interesting is research notes, um, because it's not actually an investigate, it kind of gets around a lot of things that, that we, we discovered. Like there would be some room where it says you can't investigate this, or you have to, if you investigate and you succeed by too much, you'd take a damage or something. It's like, well, I'm not investigating. I'm research notes. You get to ignore lock door. That... Yeah. Dodges lock door. Yeah. Lo- ex- exactly. Like you totally ignore lock door. You also just ignore a really high shroud. Like you could have like a shroud six location with a obscuring fog on it. You don't even care because it's difficulty zero. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, it was, I don't know, it, it was, it was all pretty bonkers. And then you couple that with the typical seeker stuff of like practice makes perfect perception to crack the case pathfinder shortcut. Um, it was, it was pretty nuts, but I don't know. I, I had a good time. Um, I picked up an absurd amount of clues and I drew through my deck many, many times. And, uh, I still enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, even without the knowledge is power, uh, ruling, I think it was still pretty absurd. Cause it's, it's cause you get the double research notes nonsense happening, right? I, I don't know what they're going to do. I think that they should just ban like 10 seeker cards probably in errata, like 10 more. And I don't think they're <laughs> going to do that. Uh, and the thing is, I don't have it in me to stop playing them. Like that's just not, uh, that's not how my brain works. So do you guys think if I like, just like Dan, cover your ears for a second. If I like just print uh, a PDF that is, looks in the same format as the taboo list and he's like, Dan, this is a new taboo list. <laughs> Dan won't check the FFG news. He gets it all from me. I tell him when there's a new taboo list or anything's announced. So I could just make one and say, damn, this is the new taboo list. That actually, uh, yeah. that actually sounds about right. I did not cover my ears, but, uh, that, that oh, no. um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, uh, I, I, I had a good time and you know, we, we beat the, we beat the campaign and I, it didn't feel like we were like, uh, totally cheesing it most of the time, maybe in a couple places. So like it was, it was maybe a little bit less absurd than last year with the uh, crazy Mandy deck. So you know, we, we know. managed to beat the last scenario. You also occasionally did use evidence to like do Daryl stuff to like make it so we could pass tests. I right? used it to run away from my very scary nightmare <laughs> when no one could help me with it, which is more often than I had expected. Um, so that was that was good. Kim, what was uh? So w- overall thoughts on Kimani? Like fun, fun deck, good time. Yeah, I had I had a blast. I think I have a little bit of a new respect for the rogue mechanic with this. So like we put in, well Ben put in as I made him do it all, right? So I picked everything when we upgraded, but um put in stealth, which was really nice because it was just free of aids and with uh with all of their special abilities, it just made it so easy for me to take care of your very scary nightmare mm. almost every single time. Well, um, I feel like I fought. I fought a lot with Colin over who was going to kill an enemy or who was going to make the enemy go away. Because I was like, "Well, what else am I good for?" Because I wasn't very like my engine wasn't as well built for clues as I would have thought. You know, I think that they should kind of be able to do both. But by when I got the cards out, it was mostly evade this, evade that, 
the managing the amount of turns or uh, actions or plays or whatever you want to call them that I had was got a little crazy after a while. I had like it was nuts. It seemed like like all all four of these decks I would describe as kind of like high skill ceiling, like not for beginners kind of decks. Kimani especially, you just had so much stuff going on. You had that weird like illicit deck thing going on. You had like a million actions per turn. Just Kim- the way that Kimani's ability works is really complicated, you know? Yeah, it was really nice to... I liked the illicit deck a lot because it gave me the opportunity to draw at the beginning of at the beginning of my turn and purchase a card for one resource if I wanted to or put them back at the bottom of the deck in right. whatever order I wanted, which was great because then I'm like, okay, I know, you know where it's coming, where they're going. I never had to shuffle that deck, which was great. And I got all my illicit cards were in there. So I was like picking them out and going, okay, this one's going to be used here. And I could set it up however I wanted. And then, you know, two free evades and a free evade with my ability. And by the time I got to my actions, I wasn't actually sure what I was doing because there was no <laughs> nothing left to do because I did. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll take a money and draw a card or, you know, where I'll embezzle some treasure, you know, like, um, but I never had to worry about Faustine bargain with these, uh, with the guys putting in less tokens <laughs> all the time. Somebody will pull out a curse token and go, where'd that come from? I'm like, I don't know. I, where I did that come from? More, cur- more funny tokens in the things <laughs> like and get more money with voice yeah, of Yeah, for voice of Ra. <laughs> there yeah, were, I, but I really, I really enjoyed it. There were just so many like bless, curse, bless, bless, plus one draws or something. <laughs> this campaign, it was, it was really, it was great. Everybody loves that. It was really fun. Colin got very good value out of his voice of Raw because of all his blessed, right? Didn't you like get <laughs> average five or more on yeah. that? And very rarely got three. I got like I drew three ones, I never got a one resource voice of raw. I think like the first couple were both seven. Because yeah. the I like, think the latest taboo on it made it so that it was all symbol tokens were for voice of Raw. Yeah, right? that, that's what made it good. Otherwise it wouldn't be yeah. nearly as good. The the way that I would sum it all up is we did Innsmouth at Arkham Knights last year with me, Ben, and Dane, and this felt very different just because we had, we had well, uh, honestly, my deck was not that dissimilar from what I had last year and th- <laughs> kind of thematically, but in general, we had like a very different team and it, it felt like it was kind of a different experience. Well, the, the Scarlet Keys investigators are all weird. They're, they're weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. Which is always good. And we'll probably, we'll probably do a whole podcast episode talking about them. Yeah. Um, so it, it made it an interesting puzzle. And obviously we had four players this year and the speed we play, that means it's like another 45 yeah, minutes which per series. Makes, make, makes it a lot slower. Uh, yeah. We, we, we should mention briefly the, um, what kind of resolution did we get? I can't remember. Did we, did we expose the government or something? Like what did we do? Yeah. We, we made Kamani pick between, uh, helping the government and not helping the government. And I think you picked help it. And I, I think it was eighty percent because that was going to be the faster way to finish the scenario. <laughs> I, I don't think uh, I don't but, think we you know, told I, her. I think that did we? No, maybe I, maybe they, I was no. just ho- maybe so, I was just hoping you. Yeah. Did. <laughs> no, so I think I'm pretty sure that's what I picked because I think I made a joke about you know Charlie being on our team, and of course we helped the government because I have a politician. It would make sense that the whole reason Charlie was even in this mess was to try to like make a deal with Cthulhu or whatever to like get a few more votes in like a precinct <laughs> or something. So. Well, and I I think the other reason I chose it was because with Kaimani's backstory, you know, Kaimani's like, oh, I'll help the museum set up and then I'm going to steal from the museum, you know? <laughs> so, like, it seems very thematically what they were all about. They're like, yeah, I'll help the government because I'm going to keep embezzling this treasure that's sitting here. Wait a here. second. And, you know, I, that sounds about right. I, <laughs> was your secret plan to say, okay, we'll steal this stuff 
and now you're going to go back later and steal it from the government after we've all left? Is that what is that what's happening? Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, it was a long yeah. con. Just like it was just a super like long con. Just, just like me getting that Martyrs Van Brace. If you remember yeah. the beginning of the last scenario where I did nothing, I gave uh, Charlie all my money because Ooh. that previous scenario... All my turns were embezzling. So I walked out of that with a full, two full embezzlements. So I walked, I came back with what? I came on with 10, 15. I think I came into that scenario with 18 total resources. And then we we kept getting that peril. We kept choosing to make everyone lose three resources. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I I think if there's one thing we can all agree on, it's that embezzling is good. And if you ever have an opportunity to do it, you absolutely should. So oh, absolutely, you know, take that, take that to heart. Lesson we got here. Okay. I mean, that, I, I think we okay. we won the campaign, right? So I guess. Yeah, and then so so yeah, we finished pretty late uh, Monday night. We were very tired. We went to sleep uh, early Tuesday morning. We left the Airbnb. I was taking a train to New York City, which was very fun. That was a great experience for Dan. I took a train to the airport. And you guys, Colin and Ben, were getting on planes to go back to the East Coast. Kim was continuing on to do some work stuff in the Midwest, I think. Yeah, I was heading to Wisconsin for Game Hole Con for work. The Game Hole, yeah. Yeah, into the Game Hole. But yeah, overall, a very, very fun weekend. Had a great time. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's always an intense uh, adventure, but you know it's fun to blast through Arkham. It's fun to meet um, other fans of the game, and yeah, it's also it's one of the one of the now that we all live far apart, one of the few opportunities to just uh, hang out with each other. So that's always yeah. Fun. It forces us to be like, all right, we're doing we're doing this. We're getting together. We're hanging out, eating pizza, playing Arkham. Uh, so. And next year, maybe maybe we don't do a full campaign. Well, let's let's see. Let's uh, let's let's revisit this in uh, well, eleven months or so. All right, I'll, I'll hold you to that. I, you know, I maybe if we can get Dane and Harrison to show up, then we'll just do the Dream Eaters and we'll split into two groups or whatever. Oh yeah, we can do a three and three uh, Dream Eaters. Yeah. That'd be that'd be kind of fun. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think so. We should we should probably wrap it up. Um, you know, thanks very much. Uh, thanks very much to everybody that we met up with at Arkham Knights. Everybody that uh, came up to talk to us or gave us cool stuff or, or grabbed a Relic Hunter promo. Um, that was really great. Thanks very much to uh, Kim and Colin for being on the podcast. That was great. Do you guys have anything you'd like to plug while you're here? I would like to say come visit me at PAX Unplugged if you guys are coming. Mm. I saw there's been some discussion in the Discord of uh, some blob event happening. So if you guys are going to PAX Unplugged, come visit me at the Kobold Press booth, which uh, is the company that I work for. And... um, Maybe if I can convince Ben, I might have some presents if you visit me. Ooh. So we'll see. Don't, no promises. I just have to see if I can convince them to let me bring some presents because Ben's not going. Yeah, I'm currently not planning to go to PAX Unplugged, but we might deliver some some uh, relics there, you know. Uh, yeah, so so the Cobalt Press booth. If, if, we, if you decide not to, this will all be edited out, so... If you're hearing about it, it means that we decided yes. Uh, I don't. I don't have a booth number because uh, it's too early, or I'd share it with you. But Cobalt Press. I assume there's a giant like uh, balloon kobold that'll be above the booth, right? Uh, n- no. They're gonna get one of the big SpongeBob's from the Macy's Thanksgiving Giving Day Parade and kind of like paint it over to make it look like a kobold. So that's that's okay. how that's gonna work. It, it, 
Well, I, I have purple hair, so I'll be easy to find, I think, uh, um, and I will basically live at the booth, so you won't be, it, you won't be able to miss us. But folks will be obligated to buy, like, three books while they're talking to you, right? So I won't off, force you to buy <laughs> anything, but we have cool Bone Lord pins, new books coming out if you like D&D 5th Edition. So um, uh, there's a lot coming out. Nice. Um, Colin, how about you? Anything you'd like to plug? I don't really have any, like, uh, creative pursuits or, like, side things. So, like, I like to plug cauliflower. It's a very good vegetable. You can kind of use it as a... Is, is cauliflower some kind of, like, app that you're working on? Or uh, is, is it some type of uh, uh, indie board it, it's game? It's a type of, like, white vegetable. I think it's, like, a lot similar to broccoli. You can use it as a substitute oh, for meat and a lot of things. You can, like, make an Indian food. You can curry it. You can, like, turn it into pasta. Isn't cauliflower just, like, a worse broccoli? It's a different you, you broccoli. You can't really cook broccoli the same way you can cook cauliflower, but, like, broccoli's a little bit better if you're going to have it raw with some dip, maybe. But you can get it with cauliflower, too. That doesn't sound true at all. You don't want to eat any vegetables raw. You want to make sure you cook them and cover them with stuff. I had a salad with curry and cauliflower for lunch today, and you know what? It was all right. I just want you all to know that Ben does eat cauliflower. Don't let him what? fool you. He just doesn't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the fact that it's not green probably makes it a little bit less scary i would guess right what <laughs> or a, little bit, a little bit less unpalatable maybe i don't know i don't know i shouldn't let you hang out with colin well anyway everybody listen to colin and uh, eat, eat some cauliflower all right well i think uh, i think that's about it so uh everyone listening if you want to reach out to us leave us a comment or email us at comments at mur.fm uh to stay current on what we're doing follow us on social networks including instagram and twitch or join our Discord server to hang out. You can find the links to all of these things at social.mur.fm. Uh, if you really enjoy what we do, you, we always appreciate it if you want to leave us a nice review on your favorite podcast source. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.